And welcome aboard. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, Well, this is our last day. We're going to take a long weekend like many of you, I'm sure, are. And I look, the only thing I ask, what's special about, I guess, this Memorial Day is that things are getting back to normal for most people. Now, if you're in certain states, oh, you know, you elected the wrong politicians, whatever. And uh, what a... I just, it's like you, the things in life that you don't always stop, ponder, wonder about, or appreciate, or take for granted. You know, you don't wake up every morning and say, oh, I live in freedom, the greatest country God gave man. Let me shovel coffee down my throat quick, and let me make the kids lunch, and let me go put in my 15-hour workday, and then come home and cook dinner and do the homework or order pizza if I'm lucky. Um, But when you think about it, we do live in the greatest country God gave man. And this Memorial Day, you think of just just even if it's five minutes, ponder all the people who knowingly, willingly put themselves in harm's way, the ultimate sacrifice. And I would add also to don't forget those that have been taken on severe injuries for the rest of their lives and the impact of families losing loved ones and and living with loved ones that that have terrible challenges that you can't even imagine as a result of, of conflict and war and, and the battle and the struggle against evil to preserve our way of life. And you just think about it, and it's amazing. These people that, that have done so much so that we could live so free and not have to wake up every day and worry about those things, and we get to go about our pursuit of happiness and raise our families and, and drink beer and suck down some Tito's and, and eat steak and fish and barbecue and whatever you like. And, you know, but a lot of people sacrifice to make that happen. There's a Bible verse from the book of John. Greater love has uh, no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's pretty profound. The people that have laid down their lives for us, we honor them always. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You know, Carvel, I know James Carvel. I've known James Carvel for years. I'm even going to admit I like James Carvel. James Carvel is a fun guy to be around. He, and you're saying, Hannity, you, what's happened to you? It's an invasion of the... Body snatchers. I even tell jokes on stage. James Carvel, I was debating him once, and and I found I'm losing the debate. And I'm, why am I losing the debate? Because my mind is distracted. Because I'm staring at James Carvel, and I'm thinking two things. One, what the hell was Mary Matlin thinking? And two, man, there must really be life on other planets. Kidding. That's the joke I use. But yeah, you hang out with the guy. He's a great guy, but he's not dumb. Let me be very clear about this. Now, Clinton, forget about his politics. He was very, very shrewd political operation. And, and they had their morning calls with like Podesta and Carville and Rom Rombo Deadfish and Georgie Stephanopoulos. And every day was, well, what's the message of the day? How do we stay on message? What ought we be talking about today? And, and it was very disciplined. And Carville was a, a big part of of the Clinton success. Anyway, he said something that really struck me 
calling out the Democrats for exhibiting what he called metropolitan arrogance and urban smugness that he said was detrimental to Democratic efforts. He's not wrong. David Axelrod said Democrats have won seven out of eight national elections, popular vote, but that's not how we elect presidents. Every state has two senators, and we become more and more of a metropolitan party, and we write off large segments of the country. Donald Trump won 80% of the counties in this country. I mean, this is, this is the great divide. I mean, the, the Democratic Party has become the party of coastal elites, Donald Trump, if you take the pandemic out of the equation, which you obviously can't, but you look at the first three years, there was we were in the middle, I believe, of a dramatic demographic transformational shift in this country because Donald Trump, by lowering taxes, controlling our borders and and illegal immigrants, stopping illegal immigration and and Donald Trump incentivizing investment and manufacturing by getting rid of more than any other president bureaucratic red tape and and then further by cutting taxes stimulating the economy the results were phenomenal something that no other administration had been able to accomplish and he set record after record after record after record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Now, he also became the, you know, so the the Republican Party, because we've been told for years, well, the only way you're going to get the Hispanic community to vote more Republican is amnesty and and open borders. And and that that never never was the case. And I think even a time or two, I might have, believed it that uh maybe i don't i don't what is the out the outreach is freedom there's there is a natural inclination i would argue and i think our framers and our founders understood this of human beings to be free and that instinctively it's it, it's in our dna to want to be free and instinctively we know that Big government is a failure. That's why I don't understand why so many people are attracted to everything's being free. No, we're going to have free this and free that and child care and, and guaranteed job and college and, and guaranteed government wage and job and, and health care and retirement and healthy food and, and on and on and on. That's not what created wealth in America, the, a standard of living second to none. In America, you know, I've been to some of the poorest communities in the country. Now, is it you want to live there? No, you do not. But but even but compared to the poverty in other countries, it's not the same. You know, you will often have, you know, a refrigerator, a freezer, a microwave, a television. And again, I'm talking about basics. Does it mean it's the way you want to live? No, it's not. But it's the idea that if you develop the discipline, the skills that are necessary, and you put the time in and the dedication and the time and the commitment into building a life for yourself, you're going to succeed in this country and nothing can stop you. And I believe that's true today. And so I think Carvel is 
tapped into something I've been saying, but a little differently. And that is Democrats are now the party of coastal elites. And if the Republican Party wants a future, it's got to be the agenda I've been articulating every day. And I'm repeating it on purpose. So don't say, Hannity, you repeat yourself. I am repeating it on purpose. Because this is the antidote to the power grab and the new Green Deal socialist insanity that is going to destroy the country. Socialism always results in the same exact failure. I did a whole chapter, Live Free or Die, about socialism and its history of failure. Whatever name, whatever form, whatever manifestation that it's been tried, it has always failed. They make grand promises, government security, and and I get the appeal, or as Rush would say, Santa Claus, and I get the appeal, oh, all the stress of life is taken away and government's going to provide everything for me. I'll have daycare for my children, college for my children, a guaranteed job, a guaranteed wage, a guaranteed minimum standard of living, health care, everything that they promise. But then you get just one little slight inch deeper. And what do you find? Everything that they promised, Social Security is going bankrupt. Medicare is going bankrupt. I thought they were going to put that in a lockbox. Yeah, they squandered it. How did Obamacare work out? Keep your doctor plan and save money. On average, we're paying 250% more. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. You know, there's fully, I think, I think the number is almost 50% now of the country, about 40% of the country. Now it has one Obamacare exchange option. That's it. That's not what you were promised. You know, government makes a promise for law and order. How's that working out in deep blue states? They make a promise also of, oh, we're going to give you kids public schools. They suck. Why do you think, why do you think this, why do I say an unholy alliance? Because teachers unions, they give all the money from their rank and file to Democrats. And then as a result, they get to write COVID policy. And the CDC takes dictation under Joe Biden. Anyway, uh, Carvel adds Biden understands a lot of Democrats that a lot of Democrats don't. He understands that people who work is on Breitbart with their hands, people that work with their back, people who farm are entitled to the same dignity as people who sit in the front of a computer screen all day. But that's not the attitude of the Democratic Party. It's not. Carville said, I think, speak plain English. And just what David said, if, if the nature of, of being a Democrat is respect everybody, particularly respect people's labor. That's not the Democratic Party. Socialism will always end this way with unfulfilled promises, lofty promises. You, you think it's a great thing. I don't have to worry about these things anymore. Oh, thank goodness. All right, I don't have to worry about getting a college fund for my kids. I don't have to worry about my health care. I even have government guaranteed retirement. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have daycare if I have kids, blah, blah, blah. Sounds great. They'll never pull it off because they can't afford it. Socialism is great till you run out of other people's money. And then after the promises are unfulfilled, then the next problem occurs, and that is it results in dependency and more poverty. And the last thing that you got to calculate 
depending on what manifestation this fully takes on in the end, how much freedom did you give up in the name of false security created by people that when you look deep inside didn't really want to promise anything? They wanted to make you dependent on them so they can stay in power. It's that simple. That's what it's that that's the game that they play. It sounds appealing. I, I'm, I'll have no more fear, no more stress, no more conflict, no more worry in my life whatsoever. Government's going to take care of me. Do you believe the government can take care of you? Here's my unsolicited advice to all of you, my wonderful radio family. Can't do this show without you. Don't rely on the government for anything. Rely on yourself. Go out, work hard. Work two jobs. Like my parents did. Save as much as you can so you can make choices down the road and assume that every promise they make, they'll break. And you'll be much better off. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you want to join us? Uh, the squad is now daily callers apiece. The Hamas caucus. Republicans launch this uh, term for the the squad. Uh, Congressman Mike Waltz, Florida. Lisa McLean, Michigan. Nancy May, South Carolina. Chris Jacobs, New York. All hung up stand with Israel posters next to their office doors. Uh, and anyway, Waltz then told Fox News that he's given the squad a new name. The the Hamas caucus is a Green Beret. I fought alongside our allies against terrorism. Never did I ever think I would serve in Congress with the Hamas caucus, who's defending terrorist attacks on our greatest ally in the Middle East, Israel. Now, that has become a pretty popular term, according to this Daily Caller piece. Um, but when you, you know, why... What I never quite understood is why is Biden and Pelosi and Schumer quiet on this? You know, Bernie Sanders tried to block efforts, arms sales to Israel. You know, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Um, You have Green New Deal Democrats now upping their battle and their war on energy independence. This was in The Washington Times Democratic lawmakers attempting to ram legislation through the Senate Finance Committee that would strip federal tax credits from oil, natural gas industries as part of the broader effort to remake the U.S. economy. Why? So then we're going to what? Give Vladimir Putin more waivers? So Vladimir, you know, the hostile regime of Russia, the hostile actor that he is. Let's let's help make him rich again. Make Russia great again. America last dead last. How do you justify taking away American high-paying career jobs in the energy sector, stripping us of the energy independence we achieved for the first time in 75 years, and then letting Putin do the very thing you won't let Americans do, and helping our allies? We'll continue. 25 to the top of the hour. Thanks for being with us. By the way, um, finally, it actually is faster than I thought it would take. For people to fully, completely understand, um, people now get that Joe Biden is is adopted radicalism. Now, remember, he went through a whole campaign. They hit him. 
you know, if he was going to make a, a big event, the, the DNC speech, or if he was going to debate the two debates they had, remember, he, he'd be missing in action for six days. And I contended at the time they're they're probably resetting his clock. So his peak cognitive hour would be, you know, if the debate's at 9 p.m. at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m., whatever time it happened to be. Anyway, Fox News poll survey came out at, on Joe Biden. And is he too liberal? He's up a whopping 10 percent to 46 percent. Democrats are getting increasingly nervous about woke culture. New York Times opinion writer wondering in a new op-ed if the progressive cancel culture push is going to backfire on Democrats at the polls. By the way, not the only person, analyst, that is uh, asking these questions. And anyway, the number of surveys now finding most people are against the more radical campaigns, such as defunding the police, upending uh, traditional gender norms. Again, these are the polls. And yet he said Republicans can still point to the extreme minority uh, that is pushing these ideas to argue the Democratic Party is increasingly beholden to the radicals. Um, so that's so it's it's getting interesting how it's getting out there. Um, we have we'll get into this later in the program today, but we've got new information. Joe Biden said he never had any knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings. He didn't say it once. He said it a number of times. Well, now we know, according to Hunter's laptop, and I've been telling you there's a lot more to come on that laptop. Just stay tuned. Anyway, this is just even a small nugget that we hadn't heard before, that Joe Biden met with his son, uh, Hunter's Ukrainian, Russian, Kazakhstan business associates at a dinner in Washington, D.C., while he was vice president on April 16th of 2015. It was in a private garden room at Cafe Milano, Georgetown Institution. Their catchphrase is where the world's most powerful people go. Next day, Hunter gets an email from an executive at Burisma. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Now, uh, it's an honor and it's a pleasure at the time, Burisma was paying zero experience Hunter, the guy that went on GMA and said, any experience in oil? No, 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 no oil experience. Gas? No. Energy? No. Any Ukrainian experience? No. Why do you think they chose to pay you millions of dollars? I don't know. Do you think maybe because your father was in charge of Ukraine policy? Probably. Yeah, that's probably the answer. That's a quid pro quo, isn't it? You're not getting a billion unless you fire the prosecutor that's investigating this corrupt crap. Because there's not a single other American that get, would get paid millions of dollars with no experience. I mean, we should all wish we should get such a deal. But if you ever did, you'd probably be in jail. So, but that, those, those laws only apply to conservatives. Now we all know that there's a dual justice system. If you jaywalk and you're a conservative, you will go to jail. It's unbelievable. Anyway, and same thing with Kazakhstan, same thing with China, the Russian oligarch, Kazakhstan oligarch, Chinese nationals, shopping spree, Bank of China, billion five deal, no experience there either. But this proves that Joe lied. Where's the mob? Where's the media? We'll have a full report also on Hannity tonight. Also, the Daily Mail has a piece on this about these emails that it did, in fact, meet with Hunter's foreign business partners. 
while he was while he was vice president. Pretty corrupt. You wonder why I call it the Biden family syndicate? Well, that's probably the main reason. Imagine if the last name was Trump. Keep that between us. Hunter sets up the meeting between them, VP Biden and his shady business partners. Unbelievable. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand him? by that statement. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company it, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? No credible person has ever made these claims. I guess this is going to be just like the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It's a conspiracy theory. It's the debunked conspiracy theory. It's a totally debunked conspiracy theory, and it's not. Anyway, back to the Fox News poll. Too liberal, nearly 50%. Joe Biden. Uh, His government spending, 47%. Too much. (laughs) Who are the 17% that said not enough? I mean, what do they want? Everything for free? I guess. Um, Pushing liberal socialist policies, 47%. Stability of the country. Yeah. Uh, Socialism. Yeah, that's a major issue. And Carvel's right. Democrats' metropolitan arrogance, urban smugness is hurting that party. Now you've got Republicans, Daily Caller, the Hamas caucus. Bernie Sanders trying to stop the arms sales for Israel to defend itself. It's pretty. Uh, these are unbelievable times. More and more people see what we've been seeing, and that is that Fauci, I mean, he, got, he just got grilled. We're going to play some of this on TV tonight. We have Senator Kennedy, Louisiana. I mean, it was a beatdown. It was ugly. So we're going to get that. Oh, and Facebook did reverse course. Now Facebook will allow you to discuss. Up to now, they weren't allowing users to claim that COVID-19 was man-made as a lab leak theory. Now gains ground. Conspiracy theory has gone mainstream. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, life is returning to normal. As it relates to the origins of COVID-19... Biden has just done a remarkable flip-flop because he got called out on it. And he's now saying, I'm going to have our intelligence community redouble their efforts. Well, he just told us through Circleback Jen Psaki this week that, no, we're going to, there's a process to this. Come on, there's a process. This is the WHO's job. This is not our job, the WHO job. Yeah. Why is it that, is it, is it because of Hunter? Is it fair to ask the question that zero experience, Hunter, you know, why, why didn't why didn't China spend the billion five, the Bank of China with Goldman Sachs or or Chase Bank or Deutsche Bank or any of these big Wall Street firms that are actually good at this stuff and actually have they, they, they that's their profession. Why did Hunter get it? 
Well, I haven't taken a penny from China. No, but you have all your holdings in it that one day you're going to cash in. Unbelievable. Why isn't China being punished on the issue of what they have unleashed to the world and all the evidence now pointing to the fact that they knew? Donald Trump had no problem putting tariffs on Chinese products. Why doesn't, why did, well, is it because Joe's compromised? Why is he giving a waiver to Putin to build a pipeline when he took away the, the pipeline in his own country from American energy producers? Why is that? It's unbelievable. And, by, and nobody seems to remember that Joe Biden ordered this, the origin of the coronavirus investigation. He canceled Mike Pompeo's effort. He had already started it because he didn't give it any credibility. Wrong again. Wrong on every front. Now, Biden's ATF nominee is a guy by the name of David Chipman. And he backs an assault weapons ban and doesn't believe that we should have armed guards at school. And then he's repeatedly asked to define what an assault weapon is, and he can't do it. It was humiliating. I'll show you the tape tonight. He admits he wants to ban AR-15s. Okay. The AR-15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill. Uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books, and right now um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. So you want to ban the most popular rifle in America? That's what he said. Then Senator Kennedy said, what's an assault weapon? And then he answers the, the bill to ban assault weapons. Then Kennedy said, no. What's your definition of an assault weapon? Senator Kennedy on TV tonight. He said, well, I could define uh, a, an assault weapon in 20 seconds. You're going to run an agency and you don't have a definition of an assault weapon? Well, I'll give you one definition uh, that the ATF currently uses uh, give me your definition, Senator Kennedy says. One definition that the ATF currently uses, uh, Senator. Give me your definition. Kennedy keeps interrupting him. He says, I can give you one definition. And Kennedy says, if you can't answer my question, how can I vote for you? And Senator Cotton weighs in. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How do you define it? He says the ATF is in, in, in that program defines uh, an assault weapon as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine above the caliber of a 22, which would include a 223, largely an AR-15. Cotton says, I'm amazed that that might be the definition of an assault weapon that would basically cover every single modern sporting rifle in America, you idiot. I added, you idiot. This is how radical this left is. They want to control power. They want open borders. They want D.C. statehood. They want to have no integrity in elections, H.R. 1, S.R. 1. 
They want new Green Deal radical socialism. Six trillion dollars. We take in less than four usually as a country. Oh, okay, that's going to be great for our kids and grandkids. This is bad for the country. All of it. I mean, he it was brutal. He got brutalized. He got owned at this Senate hearing. You got to see it. It's more of a TV thing. You know, by the way, Americans are noticing the rising rates of crime. Yeah, trust, confidence, law enforcement. Most Americans have great trust, 72%. Compared to a year ago, is there more or less crime? 73% say more. How could you not say more? The only people that would deny that truth, that simple, undeniable truth, would be the people that denied that there were riots last year. And they got the attorney general of Joe Biden, Merrick Garland. He's vowing to fight the, the homicide epidemic, record numbers, with community relations programs. This is this whole reimagining police departments where we're going to send psychiatrists, you know, oh, there is a domestic uh, violence situation emerging. What, we're going to send in a psychiatrist? Pretty unbelievable. Then defund the police. <laughs> I keep asking. Nobody can give me an answer. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Because, uh, you know, and, and I always say to people, you better count on yourself in life. I'm not depending on the government for anything. I'm pretty sure by the time I, my Social Security age comes that they're just going to set means test it and steal the money I've been paying my entire life into Social Security. They'll legalize stealing it. That's what I expect. Not good. Now, there was an armed teacher. This is in Utah. Was a hero. He pulled out his concealed firearm anyway, and it was a man that was trying to kidnap an 11-year-old student. Anyway, so police officers arrived, and they found the, the teacher that witnessed the situation. The teacher was inside the classroom, saw what was happening, this kid's being taken, ran outside, confronted the suspect. The girl was able to break free. The teacher was able to get all the students outside, inside, off the playground, into the school. Then the guy that was trying to snatch the kid approached the school and was trying to force his way inside. The teacher happened to be a licensed concealed gun carrier, pulled his firearm, and then held the suspect till the police arrived. More Guns, Less Crime. It's a great book. It's updated regularly by John Lott. You may want to read it. Maybe give it to friends of yours in the mob and the media and big tech so they might learn something. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, mentioning earlier Biden's ATF nominee, yeah, pretty much admitting that he wants to, to ban AR-15s. He doesn't even know what an assault weapon is. He has no idea whatsoever, but that's, that's neither here nor there. The issues involving defunding, dismantling are real. We have a new poll out. Three quarters of Americans now say crime is much higher under Joe Biden, 73 uh, percent, according to a Fox poll that was just released. We've gone over the percentages, you know, just an 800 uh, percent increase in homicides in Portland on top of the record high last year and 132 percent increase in Oakland and 113 uh, percent increase in Minneapolis. These are all record years. 127% increase in Los Angeles, and it just keeps getting worse. And now we see all the videos of how cops are being treated, and none of it is any good. 
and the question then remains, well, what are you going to do if you need to protect yourself or your family? You know what? Attorney General Merrick Garland vowing now to fight the Biden homicide epidemic with community relations programs. Well, we'll re, you know, we'll reimagine the police and we'll put what psychiatrists and social workers uh, out on the streets instead of cops. I mean, I, I, this is what they're proposing. I, I mean, do they do they not see what's happening here? In Atlanta, you had this defund the police backer. Yeah, his car was stolen by kids in broad daylight. Antonio Brown, who voted earlier this year to withhold $73 million from the Atlanta police budget. Uh, and it's, it's just outright frightening out there. Cops taking, you know, guns, drugs uh, all over the place when they can, but they're afraid to do their job because they know they're not going to get the support that is needed. You know, look at Chicago. Listen to this ABC7 Chicago report. Remember, this is after Mayor Lightweight, and we've been chronicling this since the Biden-Obama administration, where we list the names that you've never heard of of people shot and shot and killed, thousands of them, uh, and, and you don't ever hear these names. Anyway, Lightweight saying, no more foot patrol for police officers. Well, this is the report from last weekend. Gun violence continues in Chicago this weekend. At least 48 people were shot in the city since Friday evening. At least 11 of those shooting victims have died. This includes four people shot on Chicago's west side yesterday afternoon. Police now say four men were in the street near Ohio and Spalding when someone drove up and started shooting. Since we've last heard, one of the victims was in critical condition. Yeah, um, it's up to 50 from last weekend. 12 died. Uh, you have a BLM protester. Listen to what this wonderful human being has to say about what they're going to do to Chicago police. We're tired of getting shot and killed because we're going to get pulled up with some air fresheners. And I got a bunch of air fresheners. I'm waiting for one of those before we go. Because, baby, where I'm from, we don't get a about the police. Chicago don't get. Let them kill one of ours. Guess what we doing? We kill one of theirs in Chicago, baby. We're going to knock on your door. We're going to blow your effing head off talking about police officers. Great job, Mayor. Unbelievable. Anyway, Sergeant uh, Trey Penny is with us. 21 year vet, Dallas Police Force president, Dallas National, uh, uh, Dallas, Texas National Fallen Officer Association. Eric Feinberg, communications director for the National Fallen Officer Foundation. Uh, Okay, Uh, we see what's happening uh, Trey, we see what's happening in every city and they're getting away with it. And it's get, they're getting more bold with the police. Police now are more inclined to stay away than ever before. And the squad is pushing really, really hard. And this this bill may die because they're insisting that indemnification be removed for police officers if they're involved in an incident. Yeah, cities are learning a really hard lesson right now, Sean. Uh, in fact, if you if you look at all these cities, that call for defunding the police before we hit the summertime. Now you got uh, you got about half of them calling to reinstate, uh, putting money back into the budget for police. On average, they, these cities have seen 33% uh, increase in the murder rate. There's no way to deal with that. But cities are going to learn about allowing the mob to control the way that they make decisions. And unfortunately, they're, everybody's being influenced by this, this nonsense that's going through social media. All the anti-defund the police, all the, you know, kill police, all that nonsense, that's what's negatively impacted us. 
And these officers not good. They can't do their job or something like that. You start te- talking about taking away immunity protection for doing their job, you definitely not going to have officers policing in, 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 in communities that are already struggling uh, to maintain a, a, a level of decency anyway. You're going you to have a more difficult time getting those officers to patrol because nobody's going to want to face that type of liability, knowing that they're going to be prosecuted or possibly face uh, losing their own uh, livelihood because of a, uh, an interaction that they had in the community doing their job. No, that, that narrative is not going to work. I'm sorry, Sean. It's just simply not going to work. Your take, Eric? I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to tell my friends that are cops what to do at this point. I mean, my take is what Trey said, social media. If you look at even what happened in the Chauvin trial, I think the jurors were afraid of what would have happened uh, in the tweet storms. And I think we, we've got to understand law enforcement needs to do a better job. And everybody needs to understand, as Trey said, how what you see in the real world is being radicalized and started on social media. Uh, we did last year, Trey and I. We watched over the four days, which is coming up this weekend, and we watched how hashtags F12, ACAB, 1312, which is ACAB, basically metastasized throughout the social media world, which led to the protests and riots and looting across the country. Unbelievable. Well, I, it, at this point, you know, one, if the squad is successful, and they've been successful in getting their new Green Deal agenda across, uh, they've been successful... Uh, in in terms of being able to say anything they want about Israel. And, I mean, it's it's pretty shocking, some of the comments that we've heard. Uh, Republicans now are referring to the squad as the Hamas uh, caucus. And, I mean, well, uh, and and, and I don't disagree, but here's the point, Trey. It's that when, when you look at the squad, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, they're afraid of the squad. Nancy Pelosi... Doesn't want to lose her job as speaker. Chuck Schumer doesn't want to be primaried. And Joe Biden doesn't know what day of the week it is. So we don't really have anybody stopping the squad, and they're adopting the entire radical agenda of the squad. Well, I look, with that whole system that, that, that's, being, that's running the Democrat Party is failing. It's failing from, it's coming apart at the seams. Unfortunately, we have, the, we have politicians in Congress that are ab- actually advocating for, for supporting the, the interests of, of terrorists in other countries. We simply can't have that. We have an increase of, of anti-Semitic uh, uh, rhetoric. We have attacks going on, uh, uh, individuals attacking Jews in our communities. Uh, and it's all because you have politicians that have validated that nonsense. We've got to push back against those type of, those type of narratives. We've got to push back against this BLM agenda that, that um, you know, that's trying to uh, you know, partner themselves with, with Hamas. I mean, in what world is it okay for any group? any group in America to call themselves partnering with Hamas. In what world is that okay? That, 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 that's, a, that's a fallacy. I think that we need to, we as conservatives need to be smart in how we handle business. We need you know, to quit off. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I love this story in Atlanta. I mean, you got a, a mayoral hopeful out there, Councilman Antonio Brown, uh, attending a ribbon cutting ceremony at an event in Northeast Atlanta around noon Four kids, apparently around 12 years old. I'm sorry, six kids around 12 years old. Yeah, they just jumped into his car and stole it in broad daylight. Uh, and that then raises the, the question that nobody seems to be able to answer, except uh, I know what you guys would do because of your training, and I know what I would do based on my training. 
But what will people that want to defund the police that are anti-Second Amendment, that don't know how to defend themselves or use their hands, Eric, what are they going to do? Um, I, I think it's it, we're dealing with ignorance here, and they don't know because they've never been in this situation. And I think some of it, what you're talking about, Sean, and we are, I think it's generational. You know, so people like us who are a little bit older, I think it comes down to generational and a little bit of ignorance because they've never been in this situation or experienced things. So, you know, they're literally being led to a place that they're not aware of. And I think it's generational in some regards. I think a lot of this, and I still come back to social media and misinformation, you seem to be that the people who are wanting to defund the police and all this, uh, you know, pro-Hamas and all this seem to be younger, and they read through these, you know, misinformation chains on social media. And I think without social media, the squad would not have a, a place, you know, a voice. We wouldn't know about them. Social media has given them a platform to spread this stuff. You look at this story in the Washington Times uh, today, Trey. Um, you know, we're watching, for example, the the Biden nominee to head the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms that doesn't even can't even define what an assault weapon is, but he wants to ban them. And they've not given up on their dream of firearms confiscation and eliminating the Second Amendment. Anyway, uh, how ironic and sad, but. On the other hand, heroic, you have a Utah teacher who ended up being a hero when he pulled out his concealed firearm. And by the way, this this ATF, ATF guy that they're recommending, he doesn't believe that we should have uh, armed police and schools to protect our kids. Anyway, so you have a teacher in Utah. He has a concealed firearm permit, pulled it on a guy that tried to kidnap an 11-year-old student. And they said the officer on you know, on Tuesday that the teacher witnessed a situation from inside the school, ran out, confronted the suspect, and the girl was able to break free. And the teacher was able to get all 20 students off the playground into the school safely. And at that point, uh, apparently, you know, he was, uh, he reportedly approached the school building and was trying to force his way inside. And then the teacher, a licensed concealed gun carrier, Trey, um, pulled his firearm and held it held the suspect until the police arrived. Sounds like a hero Look, to me. So, so de- definitely the hero. Look, I'm, I'm one of these, these pro-Second Amendment advocates, and, and I'm going to tell you, when it, when it comes to our kids, I, think, I don't think there's anything, I wouldn't expect anything less than having, uh, having armed teachers, having armed guards on all of our campuses. In this day and age, right now, there's no way to predict human behavior, especially as it relates to, to all these different attacks that are happening on our schools. So we need to have individuals like that. And I applaud this, this, this gentleman for, uh, for protecting the interests of those kids. But look, when we're talking about campus safety, I don't discourage anybody from using necessary force to prevent anybody from, from getting an attacker from getting inside the school. That's what we need to do. We need to, start, we need to start funding our schools specifically to make sure that every last one of them has an armed protection on, on those campuses. I mean, I, what I've suggested is how about retired military trained, retired police trained, that if they dedicated X number of weeks in their local school district, uh, that federally and on the state level, that they won't have to pay income taxes. How's that? Won't cost anybody a dime. And how much safer would parents feel about their kids knowing that if, God forbid, a lunatic gets into the school or a school shooting breaks out, that at least we've got some first line responder right there because even the greatest response time is is not going to be sufficient uh because whatever is going to happen will have happened yeah 
Yeah, we, we talk about that. You know, and all these school shootings, those incidents happen in less than five seconds uh, from, from when the first shot is fired. And it takes, on average, between 7 and 10 minutes for law enforcement to arrive. So, yeah, having a first responder on scene to be able to interact or respond to those situations when they occur, we need to have that. But most importantly, we got, we got to make sure we include this in the, in the discussion. We need to have armed police officers, armed trained individuals on campus to protect. We've got to have a first line, first line of defense. Just having our military personnel there is simply not enough. They have to be. They have to have some level of protection to stop the armed attacker from getting inside that school, and that's yeah. why, that's why I say we we got to start talking about this. Well, I'd feel better knowing my kids had trained armed military or police. And by the way, I'm talking about plainclothesmen. They don't have to be dressed in uniform or or camouflage. I mean, they they can be there dressed in a suit. But we know that if something, God forbid, happens, we have people right there on site protecting our kids. I mean, Eric, I would, we, makes, only have, we only have precedent, air marshals. What you're talking about is just exactly. what we have with the air marshal program. And it works. It work, if I look, if I'm flying on a plane and I know that there's somebody on this plane that's an air marshal, that's armed, that's trained, uh, I'm going to feel a lot better about our odds of of stopping somebody that has, you know, evil intention. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, a, it's, a, it's also a deterrent as well, Sean. I mean, just by simply letting people know that we have these, these mechanisms in place, you, you're less likely to have attacks that are going to occur when people know that you've already set the standard. You set the standard to have armed guards on planes. You set the standard to have armed guards on, at schools. The, the attacker knows this. The attacker will know. And, and I think it's going to act somewhat as, an, as a deterrent. But when those situations do occur, we're going to effectively respond. Yeah. All right. Well, we really appreciate both of you, what you do. Uh, do, you, do you find that most guys are leaving the force real quickly, uh, Trey? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's a drastic increase of officers leaving uh, the, the profession yeah. right now. And, and a big part of it was centered around the uh, defund movement because these officers are afraid of losing their job, especially as we start talking about you know removing qualified immunity. So that is a real thing. Yeah. It's not just rhetoric. That is real. All right. Thank you both for being with us. Thanks for what you do every day. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free number. We'll get to your calls next half hour. All right. 25 to the top of the hour. So earlier this week, we played for you, circle back Jen Psaki and said, no, Joe is going to follow the process. This is an international investigation and we are relying on the WHO to do the investigating as it relates to the Wuhan virus, blah, 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 origins of COVID-19. Well, now Joe's trying to do a reversal um, and now saying that he'll release a report on the COVID origins unless there's something that he's unaware of. Okay, here's the problem. Because Joe's lying and Circleback is lying too. Now they just, there was so much brushback to all of all of the lies that have been told by by the media mob, by big tech and by the Democratic Party on the origins of this this COVID-19 virus that they listen, we knew people were being silenced. We knew people were dying. We have cell phone records. We got hospital records. We had people that were trying to warn the world that were were being, uh, uh, let's just say, Uh, Not only silence, but in some cases, seemingly they just disappeared. Maybe they got sick. Um, Now, as Joe has switched gears in the course of this week alone, uh, only out of pressure that was brought to bear by conservative voices and 
and Mike Pompeo and the Trump administration, former Trump administration officials, now Joe's ordering a, a U.S. investigation. They told us earlier in the week they're going to count on the WHO. Okay, we're going to redouble our efforts. Our intelligence agencies will redouble their efforts. And I have now asked the intelligence community to do this. Now, the only problem is, is that Joe Biden actually was the person that canceled the investigation of the origins of coronavirus, uh, the effort that was being spearheaded by former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Now, basically, they got caught, you know, circle back Saki indicating the investigation led by the United States is not necessary. She was telling us what on Tuesday of this week. Administration was hopeful that the WHO would have have success in, in doing this investigation. And we've got to trust the process. Really? Then, of course, you got the whole media mob. And when Donald Trump mentioned this a year ago, he was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was attacked. Everybody was saying this is a big conspiracy theory. Listen. The best evidence suggests that the kind of bat from which this virus jumped to humans wasn't even present there. But you know the worst of all, whether it came from the lab or came from the bats, or came, it all came from China. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. I'm telling you, the Chi-Coms are trying to weaponize this thing. Here's Conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh with zero proof suggesting a Chinese bioweapon lab is to blame. There's this question about the Wuhan lab. We know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. And there is simply no reason to believe that that is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that. There are virus hunters out there that have looked at what's the most likely cause. And there's no debate here. Among serious people, there is no debate. This was most likely what we call a zoonotic disease. It went from animal to human, likely in a market at, in Wuhan. It's not uncommon. He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in captivity. Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. Pretty predictable and unbelievable. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi. Jimmy is in New York. Jimmy, what the heck are you doing here? Why don't you go down to Florida? It says you're a retired police officer. What are you doing up here? Well, right now I'm actually listening to you. But um, <laughs> Well, you can listen to me down in Florida or somewhere else, Texas or Tennessee. You know what, I'm, or... I'm looking right now, as a matter of fact. Like everybody else, welcome to the club. <laughs> anyway, what's going? How many you. years did you uh, serve on the NYPD? Okay, so well, I was actually a, a city cop for about eight years. Then I was a New York City fireman for eight years. Then I became a cop again out on Long Island and retired there after about fifteen years. Oh so, wow! Uh, what a, what a great career you've had. Good for you. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I left right after nine eleven to go to a small small town police department in uh, Nassau County. But the reason why I'm calling Sean is uh, something's been really bugging me for a long time. After uh, the New York Yankees took took a knee, uh, you know, during and before and, and after uh, 
the national anthem. Uh, diehard Yankee fan for as long as I can remember. And um, the problem's been uh, with me is like, how, how do I justify buying a ticket to go to a Yankee game when these idiots, I'm sorry, I shouldn't use that, that term, but when these professional baseball players are taking a knee and disrespecting my country. I, I don't you know. Like, it, I, it's, I actually, it, to me, let me, let me backtrack and let me try and answer your question. Um, remember when Drew Brees, I think it was Drew Brees, made the comment that the reason I don't take a knee is because I think he said my grandfather, you know, um, he fought under that flag and that exactly. anthem means everything to me in, in a, as a way to honor him. And yep. do I believe in freedom of expression? I, I, I make my living with it. I, that's why I never support exactly. boycotts, never tell people I'm, I'm against and have always been against cancel culture. And I believe in freedom. But the problem with professional sports now, I don't care if it's Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado, <laughs> not knowing a single fact at all about how much more inclusive Georgia's law is than Joe Biden's law in Delaware, where he served for thousands of years and and never lifted a finger to make voting more accessible in his state. It was done out of complete ignorance. Absolutely. And it's more it, liberal there anyway. Yeah, right. And, and the same is you see that, you know, you have record low ratings on television for the NBA, you know, double digit yep. declines in the NFL. And the NBA and, and, and Major League Baseball now. Now, here's my argument why politics should be out of professional sports completely. Now, yeah. if, if, if any professional athlete who has got this pedestal, put on a pedestal by so many people, if they've got a cause, say, you know, bettering our schools, stopping violence in the street, whatever it is, if they would ask their fans to support them, I bet their fans would. And I bet they'd support yeah. them in droves. The pride, you know, you, you go to a, you go to a football game, you go to a hockey game, you go to a baseball game, go to a basketball game. You know what? It, you don't know. There's people of all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, you're sitting next to somebody you don't even know. You have one shared passion, and it, you, you don't care if they're liberal or Democrat. You love your home exactly. team. It's a shared passion. And, you, you and know, you, you find yourself high-fiving people. I'm sorry? I'm saying you just want to sit back, relax, and forget about the world, with everything that's going right. on, and just enjoy watching a game. That's all you want to do. But <laughs> think about this. you got to look at the pitcher's mound, and it's got a BLM uh, insignia on it. You know, listen, it, it, that's, their, that's their deal. If BL, whatever BLM is, it is. But I don't need to see it. It has no place. It well, really because no there, place. there are those of us that understand that the the actual group BLM, not people that were after George Floyd chanting, be you know, Black Lives Matter, because they yep. all lives matter. Of course they do. Yep. But those that are part of the group that chanted, "What do we want, dead cops? When do we want them now?" Yep. So the so Absolutely. the problem is is that you're taking something that unifies everybody. How many times you ever find yourself at a game high fiving? With somebody you don't even know, a stranger, you know, I, I somebody a hits Boston a home Yankee run. Yankee game, yeah. I went to a Boston yeah. Yankee game. You know, good, clean, fun, ribbing each other, having a ball. We didn't care. Right. I, I didn't care if the guy was black or white, or if he supported a Democrat or a Republican. It's unifying. You have a shared a passion. Time, you know, you have a right. shared passion with everybody, all the fans that are there. And unfortunately, all this does is alienate people. And 
I, you know, I guess now it's even making its way into college sports. And what's happening is the result is people like, okay, you, you've taken all the fun out of this. I'm trying to get away from politics. And, and, and you're forcing, you're putting this big wedge in the one place that could be the most unifying. Make sense? You know, like, Absolutely. for example, if LeBron James asked the Lakers to put up on, you know, the, what do you call that big thing up in, the, in an arena? Um, the Jumbotron, whatever you call the thing. You know, hey, please join, please text LeBron at blah, blah, blah if you want to help, uh, you know, a, a kids that need an education. If you want to help stop the violence, whatever it is, I bet you a ton of people would do that and be glad to. It's just a different way to look at it. I mean, because we really, I, I, we probably share a lot of things that we would agree on. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, there is this, this fear. I mean, it is palpable. Major League Baseball acted, corporations acted without any knowledge whatsoever. They took Joe Biden's word, the guy that actually fought against integration of schools with a Klansman. And they took his word about Georgia's law being Jim Crow 2.0, and they were scared. And they just, okay, we're, we're out. I'm like, do you know anything about the law? Because you obviously don't. So yeah, it's truly, um, it's an know. environment that I think we're missing the biggest opportunity we have to unite people with sports. It's, it's a common interest. It's a passion. It could be the it could be the place to go. You know, right after they took an, after the Yankees took a knee, and then during their uh, batting practice, they had the the, the BLM sh- uh, shirts on under their uniforms. Right after that, I got so upset, I threw some jerseys out and hats and everything, and I said, "I'm never going to a game again." So I said, "I said, you know what? I'll watch it on TV. That'll be, you know, I can still watch TV." I sit down to watch the game, or what am I looking at on a mound? A BLM uh, insignia. I'm like, I can't win. This is terrible. You know, I mean, I'm just. just there's a time and place for everything. And See, that's I don't I don't it. think teams know or understand the group Black Lives Matter is that controversial. The group and I I make a distinction. I delineate greatly because it's important. The group it that is. chanted, what do we want? Dead cops. What do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon. Now, that's the group. Then you look at their their radical views and ideology. And it's 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 radical. But, you know, people that were chanting that as they were protesting the death peacefully, those that were peaceful, and that, there was many of them, the majority even, um, not, it's, it's just sad. It's like we just keep putting wedges everywhere, and there's no bridges being built anywhere. The, the easiest bridge to build, in my opinion, is, is in a, you know, at an NFL game, an NBA game, MLB game, hockey, NHL game. At the, you know, if uh, whenever I, if you go watch any um, boxing matches, I've been to boxing matches. If you watch UFC, I mean, it's just great stuff. Everybody in that those arenas, they love that sport. And they're there because they have a passion. They're paying good money to watch the best at the be- of the best. I love sports because I love watching the most gifted, the most talented People that have honed their incredible skills to a level that is inspiring. And it's sad when you, you know, we don't need more politics. We got enough politics right now. We need a break from politics at times. Although we can't take a break from saving the country. Go ahead. (laughs) 
let me ask you a question. So you have an opportunity now. Oh, let's if you were in my shoes and you had a opportunity to go to go sit in a Yankee game, would you go? You know, I'm not going to answer that because now you're asking me if I'm going to boycott sporting events. Now, yeah, no, I mostly, I, a, I will yeah. tell you, I I watched very little football last year. Very little. I watched yeah, college yeah, football. Yeah. I actually was fascinated with college football. I got wrapped up in it Much more than better. I ever had. I had been, always been more of Much a pro better. guy. And yeah. anyway, but, you know, then when you had Tom Brady facing off against Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and and the whole narrative of him in the another Super Bowl, I, I I'll admit that you know it just piqued my interest so much. I watched those games because they were great games. And yeah. um, but you know I I can't make that decision for you, but you know going to a baseball game ain't cheap. You got to get the you know yeah, you no, get <laughs> you know you you, you need to yeah, take no, out a mortgage you. half the time to get a go to a baseball <laughs> game and get you know two you beers, gotta, four hot dogs, and uh, cracker jacks and popcorn. You know, and you you go with your hands up because you're getting robbed. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, just well, to, I mean this, you know if this if people like you stay away, you know what the net result of that is? Athletes are going to end up being paid less. Opportunity will decline. There, you know, nobody's thought through this. There's another way ingratiate people to your passion and your cause and 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 your help for a community. That that, that would be my recommendation. But nobody ever listens to me. What's the difference? Anyway, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for serving as a police officer all those years and a fireman, sir. Thank you very much. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity show. Um, actually, Ronald McDaniel, head of the RNC, found a tape of Circleback, Jen Psaki. I guess she was a CNN fake news contributor at the time. And... Even she acknowledges that Joe's got a little sippy cup problem. In other words, yeah, we uh, we've noticed these moments, these lapses, this uh, insanity that happens. How funny that it is that she wouldn't acknowledge it now. But so she put out a tweet that I thought was very funny. Let me play it for you. But it's Jen Psaki prior to being circle back. White House Press Secretary Saki. There have been a number of moments where even those of us who have affection for Vice President Biden think, what on earth is happening right now? From, from, uh, uh, excuse me, from Charlotte, one, uh, another line going from in Florida down to Tampa. That is a major factor. We we don't see that, that, look. So the best way to get something done if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what that you can do, the drivers. I'm encouraged not just because of solid meeting with uh, with uh, the. Uh, he takes questions nearly every day he's out from the press. That is not something we recommend. Okay. So circle back, Saki, admitting that Joe's cognitively messed up. Oh, I don't know why we didn't find that sooner. I'm actually jealous. Why did I not find that? I hate when people find stuff I should have found. Anyway, here to uh, weigh in on this and much more is Mark Simone. He's the host of uh, our midday morning show on our flagship in New York. Uh, W-O-R. 
uh, a great Joe Concha, who I wish would have his own media show on the Fox News channel. I am I am pushing hard for it because he's the only media commentator in America today that actually gets it right and, you know, stands like he's, he's an island unto himself in terms of media analysis and honesty. Uh, welcome back, both of you. Wow. Sean, you got my PayPal. Thanks. I, I was wondering if that money went through. But <laughs> no, I, mean, really I actually it. say things that I mean. Like, for example, I could tell you another thing. I can say this about Mark Simone. He's probably the funniest damn tweeter I've ever seen in my life. Uh-oh. I mean, Where's my show then? Oh, I got one. Oh, you've already got No, but I don't go on Twitter. You know, you know that our all our friend Linda here has banned me from any access to any of my own social media accounts. You all know that, right? Uh, you were great on Twitter. You should go back. <laughs> yeah. do, do you, Mark has a memory like an elephant, so you kind of remember the Alec Baldwin battles and the Jimmy Kimmel battles. Yeah, no, that was the greatest thing of all. Two big stars have free time at night to fight with each other on Twitter. <laughs> it was great. You know, with the Twitter... Yeah. You know, you wait, know a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, think, wait a minute. I think we what? need a little clarity here. First of all, go ahead. The best of all time, the best back and forth on Twitter was Sean, was Jim Acosta. Little Jimmy. Oh, little Those Jimmy. were the best fights I on Twitter I don't even remember that one. Was that when he like accused me of seeing him on a bus someplace and I didn't have the nerve oh, to talk gosh. to him? Oh my gosh, that was when we were in Finland. And he was like, <laughs> okay. you ignored me. And I'm like, I never like, we didn't saw even know you, you were on there. any bus. Um, and, yeah. but, and if he wanted to see me or talk to me, why didn't he say hi to me? He actually, well, he was people scared. recognize him. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody recognized him, exactly. And the, fun, the other funny part about that whole thing was he was begging. He was like on his, crawling on his hands and knees. TV and radio was shameless to get on the show. And I'm like, go sell your stupid book that nobody bought anyway. It's like Humpty Dumpty's stupid book. You know, uh, you know I think it sold like... In, in a year, 40,000 copies. I'm like, which is an utter, unmitigated failure and disaster. But, all right, but is there something here? I want to get into this a little more deeply. Is, is Jen Psaki admitting Mark Simone that Joe really is sippy cup Joe? Well, if she's saying that he's drunk, that's great news. I thought he had some mental decline, that his <laughs> mind was shot. <laughs> this is just drinking. We, that, then we'll have a few hours where he's sober. That's great yeah, we, news. That's a, that would be a good point, but I don't think that's what she's referring to. Do you? Uh, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> I don't uh, think it's... It, uh, listen, it's, I'm not going to lie. The guy... I, look, I've now shown more tapes, Joe Concha, of, yeah. of Sippy Cup in 2012, 2016 even. And versus today, he is a, it's like, it's, there's no comparison. He's not the same guy. And Just the, for by five the way, minutes. the first part of his, yeah. our enemies see it. Go ahead. Just for five minutes this weekend, because so, it's going to rain like over most of the country. So you might have to find some time filling the hours. Just put in YouTube, Joe Biden, Paul Ryan, vice presidential debate, 2012. And just watch it for five minutes and you will see somebody you won't even recognize this person. I'm not talking about Ryan. I'm talking about Biden. He was crisp. He had his facts straight. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's the, the perfect speaker, the perfect debater, but when you compare it to what we're seeing now, it's incredible. And, and here's the thing. It's not like 2012 Biden, he was vice president then, but now he's working at the Food King or he's, you know, retired and playing golf every day type of thing. 
He's the leader of the free world. He's the president of this country. And look at this. Uh, this was his schedule just yesterday. 9.50 a.m. All right, that's the first thing on the schedule. The president receives the president's daily brief. Then 12 p.m., in-town pool call time. Or it has nothing really to do with him. 12.30, press briefing by the press secretary. That's it. That was his entire schedule. So this is what happens. This is what you get. And this is why the country is going the direction that it is on so many key issues. Uh, because you have a president who simply doesn't want to work because maybe he can't work. I don't think he can. I don't think he's up to it. And and uh, part of me, it scares the living hell out of me. And and now we see, look, every, the media can play their game. I, I am waiting. I shouldn't even telegraph what I have planned. Uh, Linda, should I? Te- I'll, all right. I'm just going to be honest with my audience. I am waiting for the media mob to come after me. And I've been waiting for pointing out the obvious that Joe is is clearly a, co- a cognitive mess and weak and frail. And when they do Mark Simone, let's just say I will put out the defining tape of Joe that would be, it is evidence that is overwhelming, incontrovertible about my case. And then I'll say, let's have a vote. Let the American people decide. Yeah, I'm let's have him take for a it. test. Have him take one of those cognitive tests. And uh, you ever see when he's playing with the dogs? Even the dogs look at him funny. Like, they know there's something wrong with him. They don't go near him when, he, when they're running oh, around. Which, him whoa, 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 hang on a sec. What, what, you're reading the dog's reaction <laughs> to, to, to Sippy Cup? Look at the picture. There's nobody smarter than a German Shepherd. They're looking at him like, what's wrong with this guy? He's got a point, Sean. Oh, come on. I, well, you know, it, there is one interesting story that came out recently, Mark, and it was, uh, and I'm sure you probably covered it even, but the dogs that are able to sniff out people 97% effective if they got COVID. Yeah, I'm sure they can sniff out the little cognitive problem, too, and they smell something oh my wrong gosh. with it. You know, I, I, I'm not, I am not responsible for what Mark Simone says on my program. I'm just not. I'm not taking the heat for this crap. Uh, well, Joe <laughs> hey, look, uh, Joe Biden still hasn't released any of his medical records either. Why is that? All right. I mean, particularly when you're dealing with somebody who has had health issues in the past, when you have the oldest president in this country's history that will be in his 80s before his first term is over, I would think that the most honest, most transparent administration of all time, at least we were promised that it was like we're getting the second coming of George Washington, would at least result release his medical records. But nope, they're keeping those under wraps. And it's a fair question to ask, why the hell is that? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable to me. All right. Let me move on, because we've got we've got Biden family syndicate corruption news to to get to. So now we discovered, thanks to Hunter's laptop, that Joe Biden met with his son, zero experience Hunter and his other partner. And they had a dinner in Washington, D.C. And I'll go to you, Joe Concha. It was on April of 2015. He was the vice president at the time. And uh, the next day, Hunter gets an email, you know, the executive of Burisma to thank him for introducing him to his father. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me the opportunity to meet your father and spending time together. He writes, it really was an honor and a pleasure. Well, that's at the exact same time. Burisma was paying Hunter eighty three thousand three hundred and thirty three bucks a month to sit on a board when he admits on GMA has zero experience in any of this. Isn't that remarkable? And that's a story now, isn't it? That's a huge story, and particularly on a day like today where there's not a lot of breaking news, particularly. Uh, and this is what 
we're seeing on the home pages of CNN.com and NBCNews.com and the WashingtonPost.com and the New York Times.com. You don't see anything about this story whatsoever. It's the usual suppression. Nothing to see here. Trust me, if this uh, president's name was Trump instead of Biden and he was accused of the same thing that Biden is and now the receipts are starting to come in, you would have to add another hour to 24-7 cable news because there wouldn't be enough room to cover it the way people will be on their soapboxes screaming about how this is a threat to democracy and X, Y, Z. But not only is this not being covered, it's not being touched. And that's remarkable because if I'm running a news organization, this is a big story. The biggest story here is that he lied. Joe Biden lied. He said in multiple interviews, I never met these. I never discussed the business with my son. He was in a meeting, a dinner meeting with these guys. Cafe Milano, where they were, that's the big power spot, hot spot of Washington. That's another part of the favor. These guys can be seen with the vice president there by everybody. You know, the left tries to dismiss this. like, ah, it's like a Billy Carter. It's like a Roger Clinton getting a few bucks to promote a beer or something. This is millions and millions of dollars from the shadiest people in the world. Usually we give foreign aid to every country. But the Bidens figure out a way where they give it back to, to them, and they collect it. Uh, for Joe Biden, who've been there and have lied about it, the fact that he lied about it, tells you everything you need to know where do both of you see this this grand jury convening in new york going after the trump organization joe concha I have zero idea. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, zero idea on this one. I mean, it's it's Tish James, the AG Democrat. Uh, she wants to be governor of New York. Uh, is what you hear the uh, the scuttlebutt around? Obviously, getting a big scalp like a Donald Trump or at least uh, someone big within that organization uh, would help her, particularly in a blue state like New York. But uh, as of now, it's just so uh, murky in terms of what they actually have, and does it actually go all the way up to the president? Because obviously, you know, he hasn't been around the. Trump organization for for many years, so uh, I, I honestly don't know, Sean. I don't want to speculate on things that I simply cannot predict. It just no. seems like it's never ending, Mark Simone. Um, it's that it, they they want to make sure now because they didn't win with Mueller impeachment one or impeachment two, and they just don't even want a possibility that Donald Trump can run in twenty twenty four. Yeah, what they're trying to charge him with is inflating the price of his real estate to get better bank loans. You, you know, you can get any appraiser to give you any price you want, and whatever price you put on the building, the bank never uses that. They get their own appraisers. They don't look at your numbers, so nobody's ever been charged with this in history. If they try to do this, it'll look ridiculous. The media will cover up for them. They'll get a I mean, lot. That's such a judge. good point, especially when you're talking about either tens of millions or hundreds of millions or maybe even more. Of, of dollars, they're not going to go with your estimate. Yeah, you can argue with it. them. We think it's worth this. You think it's worth that. They're going to go with their own, you know, calculations. Yeah, anybody that's gotten a home loan, they give, they'll tell you what the home is worth. You can't tell them. But uh, you get a left-wing judge in Manhattan, enough left-wing uh, Trump haters on the jury, who knows what could happen. Yeah, that's that's a pretty scary thought. I think it can, too. Will there ever be anybody held accountable with the Durham report? Joe Concha, or is this just dead? 
you know, we haven't heard much about that, have we? Right? So it appears like it's dead at this point because Durham under Trump obviously probably had a lot more leeway, but now under a different Democratic administration, you got to believe that most likely we're not going to hear anything about this. That's amazing. No one brings this up, right? It's almost if you just brought it up. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So we're we're, we're talking years now, but but Durham is is a solid guy and and, and the, the right person you want here. So hopefully he can't be manipulated in any way. But as of now, we're not hearing. Uh, even a peep about it. It makes you wonder if there's any there there. Yeah. You know, well, I, it just is sad. I mean, I, it makes me conclude that we don't have equal application of our laws. We don't have equal justice under the law. You know, it seems like, Mark Simone, if you're a conservative and you spit on the sidewalk or jaywalk, you're going to go to prison for years. I mean, Horowitz were, made referrals uh, about top people in the FBI lying to Congress. Nothing ever happened to them. That same process crime, that was that was what led 29 people and frogmen and uh, tactical gear and weapons drawn and CNN cameras to Roger Stone's house. And they wanted to put him away for a decade for the same exact thing Horowitz is accusing FBI people of. Yeah. A friend of mine is having himself frozen, and they wake him up in 100 years. I said, why would you do that? He said, I want to be able to see the Durham report. So he I <laughs> will ever get to see this. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, listen, have a great holiday weekend. Take care. 25 till the top of the hour. All right, heading into a holiday weekend. Uh, what's my team got planned? What are you all doing? I, I hope everybody will stop and reflect and remember this is Memorial Day. It, I, and, and look, we're all so tired. Everybody I know, anyway, everybody's so tired. Everybody I know works so hard. And, you know, you got, we all have busy, busy lives. It's been a hell of a tough year. The great news is this Memorial Day weekend that we actually get to live normally again, unless you're, you know, a crazy liberal fanatic that is addicted to their mask. Um, you know, but we can't just, just even if it's just a moment, you know, to close your eyes and think and appreciate all the love and sacrifice and pain and suffering that has gone into us being able to have a long weekend to barbecue with friends and family and, and drink beer and whatever else we like to drink and have a great time and maybe do nothing else. You know, there's a Bible, there's a great Bible verse and it's in the book of John Greater love hath no one than this, and that is to lay down one's life for one's friends. So many people have laid down their lives for all of us. Linda, what are you doing this Memorial Day? We're actually going to go and pay homage to those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, and we're going to go to the Memorial Day parade and wave our American flags and pretend that Joe Biden doesn't sit in the White House. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I like that too. So is this now? Will you do me one favor this holiday weekend? One, just one, little favor. Don't say it. Don't say it. Just don't say it. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. No, you don't know what I'm going to say. Can I take a, Can I take a bet? I guess. Yeah, I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Can you please? It's the Happy Meal, right? Yes. Please give little Liam. Just take him to McDonald's. What a happy meal. You have you by the way, you have choices. You can get the cheeseburger happy meal or the, the chicken nuggets happy meal. And if he, anything and gonna, I'll, I will cook him something on our own grill. I didn't ask you to cook him we'll on take your that. stupid air frying grill crap. I didn't say it was an air fryer. They don't even make an air fryer grill. Now you're just making stuff up. Well, I'm an air fryer french fries. I mean oh why put Those them in are oil? Delicious. The oil tastes delicious too. 
I love yeah, the oil also is disgusting and bad for your arteries. Okay, have you do have you never deep fried a turkey in a master built butterball turkey fryer? Did you actually put that video out? I, you of did, course didn't I you? Did. It was me in the video. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, you forgot about that. Yes, yeah, uh, it was like Thanksgiving Day. I remember getting that tweet from you and saying, or that text from you, and like you saying, "Can you put this up on Twitter?" It takes one hour. Like, you fry a turkey in peanut oil. It is the juiciest thing you've ever had. Turkey's dry. I, and don't tell me you baste a turkey better than anybody because it doesn't matter. Well, first I don't you, baste a turkey. I cook it in a bag and I season it and it tastes wonderful. It, whoa, whoa, slow down. You cook it in a bag? Yeah, I cook it in a bag. This poor kid. Have you never had turkey in a bag? No, I don't cook turkey in a bag. I cook turkey I'm in a bag. I'm going to cook some turkey in a bag for master you. Master built turkey fryer. Now, I even make, I, for example, occasionally when I'm not being... Manorexic, as you call me. Um, You're manorexic even... all the time. It's really irritating, actually. Why? That's not true. I mean, I... It's I... so true. You're so full of crap. It's I totally just... true. But the problem is, is if I eat what I want to eat, I'm going to blow up like a balloon. So I, you know, No, I, you I need I to eat to in moderation. Okay. That's why I've when we travel, moderation. you lose your mind. You watched me diet for years until I finally found NJ diet. And now I do modified NJ and intermittent fasting. You know, I do intermittent fasting now, right? Listen, the intermittent fasting is a good idea. I think that that's awesome. But I also think that depriving yourself of things that you love until like, you know, you eat them in like grand consumption. I just think it's silly. Just have a little bit. No, I just refuse to have these items in my house. Yeah, because- I know. Yeah, that's it. All right. And then you anyway. yell at people if they send you anything. <laughs> because you're true. manorexic. I really do. Uh, you know, so Gomez flies down to Nashville with us, right? And Oh, he, he did? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and my other buddy, Rich Loeschner, from high school. They both, you know, they came down. We had a great time. That's anyway, awesome. Anyway, so John, as you know, is married to Cindy. You know, Cindy won the golf championship down in Sarasota. She's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Great player. So she makes, this is like, to me, crack cocaine. She makes the greatest carrot cake I've ever had in my life. And no matter how many times, how many ways I tell Cindy, stop, I, I can't eat this. She sends either the carrot cake or the best homemade chocolate chip cookies you've ever had. And I had a whole box of chocolate chip cookies last night. But see, this is your problem. You deprive yourself. So then when you no, get it, no. you gorge yourself. Just no, have a couple I, I, every no, day and you'll not. be fine. I, I absolutely, I only had two and I left them. I gave them you to everybody else. You just said you else. ate the whole box. So is it two or the no, whole box? It, no, Which I one is it? I brought a huge box of them and I only had two. No way you had two. I don't believe I you. I swear to God, ask Gomez. I will ask him. Ask I'll text him. him right now. Text him I will. Right now. All right. I'm going to. Stephanie, Louisiana, glad you called. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Thank um, you for calling. I'll try to be quick. I have had this question for a while And then the other day I read an article in uh, a certain magazine that pretty much says that anyone who supported President Trump or voted for him needs to be taken out of the conversation completely. Yeah, I see this stuff all the time. Don't pay attention to it. It's nonsense. Well, here's my question to you, though, is can you explain to me this absolute hatred and viciousness for this man that is now being put upon his supporters, because I don't understand it. I have been following politics. My first vote I ever vote, my first vote I ever cast was for Ronald Reagan back in the day, and I've watched it. It's gotten ugly, but I've never seen it at this point. I, listen, I you, you and I, it. we've been on the same track. 
I mean, my first vote was for Reagan. And I will tell you that I it's it's something that you cannot explain. It is an irrational psychosis that has taken over the media mob, the Democrats, the, the never Trumpers. Like I saw a quote of Liz Cheney. I used to get along with Liz Cheney. And, you know, while the left, you know, that now love Liz Cheney, you know, that's the same group of people that were calling her father daily a war criminal and and Bush and Cheney lied and people died. And they were the ones wanting to put her father in jail for uh, his work at Halliburton and allegations of impropriety never ending. And and also she was friends, I'm sure, with Scooter Libby, his dad, her dad's chief of staff uh, that was, in fact, convicted, but pardoned by Donald Trump. The sentence was only commuted by then President Bush. She's actually out there claiming my reelection will become a referendum on the Republican Party. I'm like, well, Liz, with all due respect that I mean, I, I don't dislike her. I just it's not personal. Liz, this your election will be a referendum on you and your relationship well, with the people of Wyoming. And that's it. It's not a referendum on the Republican Party. You're not the Republican Party. Yeah. Well, that's the second part of my question. But but back to my first question is, is that I don't get it there has to be a reason it can't be power they have all the power i can tell you part of it they, it's every part of it every is every aspect of life for the most part the only thing they don't have the power to do is to change the will of 74 million people they cannot do that but they have the power in every other aspect of life in america and the viciousness what do you think that but this is sometimes. this has been since the day this man's come down the escalator culminating in two impeachments and and you know also every law that they didn't follow in 2020 and uh they took full advantage of covid for their own benefit that's why state legislatures need to do everything in their power to make sure it doesn't happen again in my view i've laid out the five items that i think need to be done immediately but but to answer your question is i've never met somebody he donald trump is and america voted for a disruptor they voted for the antithesis of the typical establishment swamp creature and he exposed the muck and the mud and the slime and the sleaze that is dc and he fights like hell and they didn't like it. They don't like it. And I've never met a man that has an uncanny ability to live in people's heads. They still talk about him every day, whether he says anything or doesn't say anything. That's why I believe they're going after him so hard in New York. They want him out forever. That has to be against the law. They are in a, on a fishing expedition. And I did not think legally you could do that. Yeah. But my anyway, second question, my second part of my question to you is when you when you mentioned Liz Cheney, I, I've been listening to you and you say we have to continue to fight. You can't be down in the dumps. You can't give up. But the Republican Party, with the exception of one or two that we could probably name together, has been silent. Who are we supposed to be fighting for? Because if I had my way, we'd wipe out all of them and start over. But. You know, I know that's impossible because the Democrats would win in a landslide. But who do you root for? It, it, the lines are so blurred now, you don't even know anymore. Uh, listen, I, I, I think I feel your your passion, but it's what you're sensing is, is that you've got these major institutions. And I appreciate the call. I really do. But you, what I what Stephanie is expressing here is something that I tried to warn about before the election. You have powerful institutions 
big tech, the media mob, the Democratic Party, they're all united in the psychotic passion of theirs to destroy any and all things conservative and Donald Trump. You know, Reagan had it to a far lesser extent, but he was he was he had he was, stylistically he was so different than Donald Trump. And, you know, but they did refer to him. This didn't come from Democrats an amiable dunce that came from Republicans because Reagan was too conservative for the establishment. Then the Gerald Ford wing, the Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party. So th- this has been an ongoing battle. Trump brings it to a head because he's so direct about it. Now, I, I personally like that that in your face style maybe a little less would probably be better a little bit wiser more strategic but i like it um i grew up in new york and I, i'm not going to feign outrage when i hear a cuss word i'm not going to feign outrage when people attack me i because i don't feel it and i think there's a lot of acting going on that they stand back sanctimoniously to the point where they justify their own irrational behaviors and lying and spreading of conspiracy theories and hoaxes. And when they take on spectacular double standards like ignoring quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter because they like Joe. OK. Anyway, uh, David, Long Island, New York. What's up, David? How are you? Hi, Sean. Uh, good to speak to another person from New York. <laughs> yes. um, I you have a question. I was calling in about um, uh, voter ID laws and uh, protections for our elections. Um, my question is, what makes voter ID laws more efficacious as opposed to the things we already have? Is it because it's before um, the ballots are cast? Because we kind of saw, you know, that with the hearings that they had with our partisan. Well, well it's, simp- it's simple. The, the idea is one person, one vote, right? Sure. Okay, but, um, so you don't you, know, you, you uh, don't want this concept, this idea of what they call ballot harvesting. You you, you need an uh, you need an ID to get into the Democratic National Convention or the White House or the Capitol. Or uh, do you drink beer, David? Do you like do you do you like to buy beer or wine or or sure. I don't know Tito's or something? Sure, I'm Catholic. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, don't you need an ID to get when you go to buy that? Don't you need an ID? Well, absolutely. So, but my question right, so you need is more, an ID like, for everything. So, why I, I would we, turn the question on you? Why would you? Resi- why would people be against that if it if it if it increases the confidence in election results and results in more integrity in the election process? Well, I, I'm not against that. So, my my question is mainly: Are we? Do we have to focus more on? Um, protecting the, the security of our elections before the ballots are harvest, are, are, are cast, as opposed to after. No, because I think these changes our- need to be institutionalized so that uh, the American people will have confidence in election results and that the process is one that has transparency and integrity. I'll, very quickly, the five things. Uh, voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody control when ballots come in, uh, I think you need to always clean up the, the voter rolls every election season. And most states have statutory language that allow partisan observers to watch the entire vote counting process. That didn't happen in 2020. That's all. That's, um, I, I, I think I, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that protects everybody, both sides, all sides, all political points of view. And it adds to integrity. But anyway, I hope that answers your question. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. I mean, Senator John Kennedy, I mean, he just laid out, I mean, absolutely laid out this guy with the ATF 
Uh, we'll have that coverage tonight. Also, uh, Dan Bongino tonight, Kevin McCarthy, Greg Abbott, Dana Lash, Laura Trump tonight, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Tammy, Bruce. We got news you'll never get from the mob in the media. That's all happening tonight at 9. We'll see you tonight, and we'll be back on Tuesday. We hope you have a great, great Memorial Day weekend. And as I said earlier in the program today, it's just just a minute. That's all you can provide. Just think of greater love has no one That's than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. All those that gave the sacrifice for us, we honor them and their families. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. See you on Tuesday. <laughs>